Hello and welcome to this weekly sermon podcast. My name is David Hansen and I serve as the pastor of St. John Lutheran Church of Prairie Hill. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and of the Gulf Coast Synod of that church. We are located just outside of the town of Brenham, Texas. And on Sunday, September 1st, we read together three readings from the Wisdom of Ben Sirach, chapter 10, verses 12 to 18, from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8 and 15 through 16, and finally from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 1 and 7 through 14. Now, you may not be familiar with Sirach. Sirach is a book that was written after our Old Testament and before our New Testament. Sometimes it is included in a section of the Bible called the Apocrypha, or sometimes called the Deuterocanonical books. To learn more about our congregation of St. John, please visit us at stjohnprairiehill.org. That's stjohnprairiehill.org. Dear friend, no matter where you are in the world when you listen to this sermon, know that we here at Prairie Hill are praying for you today and that God has invited you, beloved child, to come on up higher. Grace and peace to you this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's texts are some of those texts that are just plain uncomfortable. That if you're paying attention as we listen to these texts, they ought to make us squirm a little, be a little bit uncomfortable. First reading was from Sirach, if you were listening as Sandy read that for us. And Sirach, if you're not familiar with it, Sirach is one of those books that's in between the Old and New Testament in, in the section called the Apocrypha. And I love Sirach because Sirach is probably quoted by Jesus as he's speaking to his disciples. And it's also, it seems to be the passage for today, the inspiration for Mary's song, the Magnificat. That song that she sings when, after she meets with Elizabeth about the coming of Jesus. And so Sirach says, The Lord overthrows the thrones of rulers and enthrones the lowly in their place. And Mary will sing, about how God has cast the mighty down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Moving one to another and turning the whole thing upside down. Again and again, that seems to be what the gospel does. It turns the whole thing upside down. Jesus then goes on to talk about a wedding dinner or a banquet with the same sort of mindset that you ought not to sit high but sit low so that the whole thing can be set on its head. And that's fine and that's a nice idea. But I want you to do me a favor this morning. I want you all to please stand up. And those of you who are able to do so, I know that you aren't all able to do so, Those of you who are able to do so, I want you to gather your things and switch to the other side of the church. Those of you who are on the left, move to the right, and those of you who are on the right, move to the left as you're able to do so. (laughs) Again, I know some of you can't, and, and that's okay.
Doesn't it? Janice says it feels different over here. How many of you, you can sit down once you've found your spot. How many of you sit in the, basically the same place most every Sunday that you're here? Yeah, look at all those hands. How does it feel to be in a different spot? Weird? How else? Not right. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> right? It's almost as bad as making you move to the front, isn't it, James? <laughs> Star's just going to lay down over here. It's disorienting, isn't it? To have the whole thing turned upside down. A little bit uncomfortable. It looks different. I get it. I'm the same way. I went to a worship service Thursday night. And if I go to a worship service and I'm not leading worship, I will sit in roughly the same place as I sat in church at Trinity Lutheran Church in Hickson, Tennessee. I will find that same spot along the left-hand side up against the pew, up against the aisle, and that's where I'll sit. But sometimes God goes about this business of making us uncomfortable, of turning the whole thing on its head. And in particular, he talks about, Sirach talks about, and the Magnificat talks about how God takes those who are lowly and lifts them up to the place of high esteem. Or as Jesus was talking about, those who sit in the lowly place at the table and moves them up to the place of honor at the table. And if we think about it really, on the scale across the world of those who are wealthy and those who are extremely poor, where do most of us fall? On the scale of the whole world of those who are comfortable and of those whose lives are forever uncomfortable, where do we usually fall? On the scale of those whose lives are well, I ate too much again today on one end, and I didn't have anything to eat again today on the other. Where do we usually fall? On the scale of the world of those who are powerful and those who have no power, where do we usually fall? If God is about the business of setting this world on its head, of lifting up the lowly and casting the mighty down from their thrones, you and I ought to be a little bit nervous, quite frankly. You and I ought to be a little bit uncomfortable as we listen to those words today. There's an idea that undergirds it all of humility. And we talk about that a lot, that idea of humility. But we generally think that humility means, oh, well, I've got to talk about how I'm not any good. Right? Isn't that what we think humility means? That I have to say, well, David Hansen isn't a very good guy, and David Hansen doesn't deserve nice things, and David Hansen can kind of mess things up sometimes. Right? That's kind of how we think about humility. We think about humility as how we look at ourselves in the mirror. But what we hear today is that humility is not about how I look in the mirror. Humility is about how I look at the people around me. Say that again. Humility is not about how I think of myself. Humility is about how I think of everyone else. And so, yes, indeed, I will say, I am a beloved child of God claimed in the waters of baptism, and we ought to claim that as our own. And yet, so are you, and you, and each and every one of us. And yes, I am God's beloved. And so are you. And so are we all. 
And yes, I deserve great and wonderful things because God has created me and given me many gifts and so has God for all the rest of us as well. And so it's not that I deserve less. It's that you, child of God, you who I am looking at, you who we are surrounded by, you deserve so much because God loves you. Humility is how we look at the people around us. And so at the dinner banquet, Jesus says, take the lower seat, not because you don't deserve good things, not because you ought to beat yourself up with self-deprecation, but take the lower seat because as you look at that other person, say, What great things they must deserve. Humility is how we look at the other person. And so there's this wonderful banquet that Jesus describes where the lowly are lifted up and moved to the place of higher esteem. A friend of mine threw a banquet this last week. A friend named Hugh. And Hugh threw this banquet as he has been every year for every weekend for six years. Every weekend for six years, Hugh went down to the streets of Raleigh, North Carolina, and he threw a breakfast for anybody who would come. Now, as you can imagine, those who would show up for a free breakfast on the streets of Raleigh, North Carolina, are not necessarily the sorts of people that you and I might invite into our home for Sunday dinner. The people who show up for a free meal on the streets of Raleigh are not necessarily the sorts of people that might show up here on a Sunday morning. They aren't necessarily the sorts of people that you and I would necessarily like to hang around with, are they? And so Hugh went out uh, last Saturday to serve his breakfast, and 70 people gathered around as he prepared to serve his breakfast. And as those 70 people gathered around, the police showed up and said that he would be arrested if he served that meal. Because it's illegal. It's illegal to serve a meal at which anyone is welcome on the streets of Raleigh, North Carolina. It's illegal to serve the homeless a meal. Think about that for a moment. And that's not just Raleigh, North Carolina. There's also great swaths of Houston for which that's true, and Dallas for which that's true, and Chattanooga for which that is true, where it is illegal to serve the homeless. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment, and think about the banquet that Jesus describes today, where he says, invite those who cannot repay you. And think about the fact that we call ourselves a Christian nation. Illegal to feed the homeless. Jesus says, when you throw a meal, when you throw a banquet, invite those who cannot repay you. Invite those who cannot repay you. Not who won't, but who can't, who don't have the ability to. What would it look like if we, as a church, if we, as the people of Prairie Hill, if we, as followers of Jesus, said, we are going to throw a meal at which everyone is welcome. We are going to throw a banquet for the people who can't repay us. If Sunday morning became for us a party for the people who can't repay us, what would that sort of hospitality look like? The book of Hebrews talks about hospitality. It's a famous passage there, Hebrews 13.2, which most of you have heard it before. The book of Hebrews says, 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some have entertained angels unaware. Love that passage. So I'm looking at that passage, and there's that word, stranger. And that word has special meaning in our scriptures. That word, stranger. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. If we were to take this Bible that we've given to our young people today, we would notice that that word occurs over and over and over again. Sometimes it's translated as sojourner. If you grew up with a certain translation, you knew that translation. Sometimes it's translated as foreigner or alien. We could probably just as well replace it with the word immigrant. Because the sojourner, the stranger, the foreigner was somebody who was living in a land that was not theirs. Living in a land that was not theirs. And if you think about it, there are very few people in our world who have less power than an immigrant. Yeah? Because at any point, someone could come up to say to to them and say, you are going back home. At any point, someone can come up to them and do whatever they please and say, well, you have no rights, you're not a citizen. At any point, someone can come up to them and say, you don't matter, you don't count, because you are not a citizen. You are a stranger, a sojourner. But if we look at our Bible, you cannot tell the story of the Bible without telling the story of immigrants. Think about it for a moment. You begin at Abraham. And what's the order given to Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis? Go to a land that is not your home. Go to a land that is not your home. And Isaac, who goes off to a foreign land to find his wife. And Joseph, who goes down to Egypt. And the rest of the Israelites who come with him. Moses, who is an Egyptian, who travels off to the desert, to a new country. And then comes back, and as he comes back, he takes all the Israelites and they immigrate to Canaan where there are already people living there and they're immigrants. And then there's Jesus and Mary and Joseph, political refugees fleeing from Herod. Can you imagine how the gospel narrative might look different if they get stopped at the border to Egypt as they're fleeing for their lives? Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some have entertained angels unaware. God is coming to lift up the lowly and to cast the mighty down from their thrones. It's an uncomfortable word that we hear today. But then I think about my own story. And I give thanks for my great-great-great-grandfather, Hans Hansen. Nice original name there, right? Hans Hansen, who immigrated to this country from Denmark. Not because he was a great doctor or engineer with these skills to contribute to our country, but because he was a poor farmer whose older brother would inherit the land. And so he came here where they could find some land. Or I think further back to my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Johann Stoner, who immigrated to this country in 1720 from Germany. And I think about how they lived as immigrants as Germans in an English-speaking world, continuing to speak German for well over a hundred years in this country, still being foreigners. Not just being foreigners, but coming to this country for religious freedom and knowing that as pacifists, 
They were subject to arrest and execution for refusing to fight in the Revolutionary War. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. What would it look like if we as a church became known as the people who spoke up for showing hospitality to the stranger. If we as a church became known for the people who love and welcome the sojourner in our midst, what might that look like? Because God is turning this world upside down. That is part of the promise of the gospel. From the story of Abraham to the book of Revelation, again and again we see this theme, that God is lifting up the lowly and casting the mighty down from his thrones. And he's calling you and I to be a part of that kingdom making. He's calling you and I to love the stranger, to show, throw parties for those who can't repay us, to lift up the lowly and be a part of that action. To know with humility that indeed we are beloved children of God. And to see the other through those same eyes of God as God's beloved child. To see those whom we might not want to love as God's beloved child. To see those whom the world does not love, the world cannot love as God's beloved child. To look at those whom the world has forgotten and say, I see you, and I love you as God loves you. That is humility. And that's the call of the gospel for each and every one of us. And so together we pray that God would open our eyes, each and every one of us, to see those whom the world hates, through the eyes and with the love of Jesus Christ.